Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to yet another suspenseful episode from the Uncle Eric Presents series. I'm so very happy you tuned in again. Today's episode is a suspense thriller called The Hitchhiker. Ronald Adams is driving cross-country from Brooklyn to California. On the Brooklyn Bridge, he sees a hitchhiker, but keeps driving on. Strangely, the hitchhiker reappears again, and again on the roadside, as he continues to drive on. Ronald Adams gets desperate to rid himself of the mysterious man on the side of the road, but, at what cost? This episode is brought to you by our friends at CritterCaper.com. At CritterCaper, you can watch hundreds of pet and animal videos that will truly warm your heart. There are great pet care and training videos as well. If you're an animal lover, you can't miss Critter Caper. Please give CritterCaper.com a visit. Now, enjoy this super suspenseful episode titled, The Hitchhiker. The Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you Suspense. The Hitchhiker. That's the name of our story. The Hitchhiker. I'm in an auto camp on Route 66, just west of Gallup, New Mexico. If I tell it, perhaps it'll help me keep me from going, going crazy. I gotta tell this quickly. I'm not crazy now. I feel perfectly well, except that I'm running a slight temperature. My name is Ronald Adams. I'm 36 years of age, unmarried, tall, dark, with a black mustache. I drive a 1940 Buick license number 6Y175189. I was born in Brooklyn. All this I know. I know that I'm at this moment perfectly sane. But it's not me who's gone mad. It's something else. Something utterly beyond my control. I've got to speak quickly. At any minute, the link may break. This may be the last thing I ever tell on Earth. The last night I ever see the stars. Six days ago, I left Brooklyn to drive to California. Goodbye, son. Good luck to you, my boy. Goodbye, mother. Here, give me a kiss, and I'll go. I'll come out with you to the car. Oh, no, it's raining. Stay here at the door. Oh. Hey, what's this? Tears? I thought you'd promise me you wouldn't cry. Oh, I know, dear. I, I'm sorry. But I I do hate to see Mother, you both. I'll be back. It'll only be the, on the course three months. Oh, it isn't that. It's, it's just the trip. Ronald... I wish you weren't driving. Oh, Mother, there you go again. People do it every day. I know, but you'll be careful, won't you? Promise me you'll be extra careful. Don't fall asleep or drive fast or pick up any strangers on the road. Oh, gosh. I think I was still 17 here, you two. Oh, 
And why? I mean, as soon as you get to Hollywood, won't you, son? Of course I will. Don't you worry. There's nothing going to happen. It's just eight days of perfectly simple driving on smooth, decent, civilized roads. With a hot dog or a hamburger stand every ten miles. I was in fine spirits drive ahead of me, even the loneliness seemed like a lark. I reckoned without him. Crossing Brooklyn Bridge that morning in the rain, I saw a man leaning against the cables. He seemed to be waiting for a lift. There were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. He was carrying a cheap overnight bag in one hand. He was thin, nondescript, with a cap pulled down over his eyes. I would have forgotten him completely except that just an hour later, while crossing the Pulaski Skyway over the Jersey Flats, I saw him again. At least, he looked like the same person. He was standing now with one thumb pointing west. I couldn't figure out how he got there, but I thought probably one of those fast trucks had picked him up, beat me to the Skyway and let him off. I didn't stop for him. Then late that night, I saw him again. It's on the new Pennsylvania turnpike between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh. It's 265 miles long with a very high speed limit. I was just slowing down for one of the tunnels when I saw him, standing under an arc light by the side of the road. I'd seen quite distinctly the bag, the cap, even the spots of fresh rain scattered over his shoulders. He hallooed at me this time. Hello? Hello? Stepped on the gas like a shot. That's lonely country through the Alleghenies, and I had no intention of stopping. Besides the coincidences or whatever it was, neither the Willies. Stopped at the next gas station. Uh, fill her up. Certainly, sir. Check your oil, sir? No, thanks. Nice night, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it hasn't been raining here recently, has it? Not a drop of rain all week. Oh? Oh, I, I suppose that doesn't done your business any harm. Oh, people drive through here all kinds of weather. Mostly business, you know. There aren't many pleasure cars out on the turnpike this season of the year. I suppose not. What, uh, uh, uh what about hitchhikers? <laughs> hitchhikers here? What's the matter? Don't you ever see any? Not much. If we did, it'd be a sight for sore eyes. Why? Oh, a guy'd be a fool who started out to hitch rides on this road. Look at it. Then, you've never seen anybody? No. Maybe they get the lift before the turnpike starts. I mean, you know, just before the toll house. But then it'd be a mighty long ride. Most cars wouldn't want to pick up a guy for that long a ride. And you know, this is pretty lonesome country here. Mountains and woods. You ain't seen anybody like that, have you? Uh, no. Oh, no, not, not at all. I was just uh, a technical question. <laughs> I see. Well, that'll be just $1.49 with the tax. 
thing gradually passed through my mind as sheer coincidence. I had a good night's sleep in Pittsburgh. I didn't think about the man all next day until... until just outside of Zanesville, Ohio, I saw him again. It was a bright, sunshiny afternoon. The peaceful Ohio fields, brown with the autumn stubble, lay dreaming in the golden light. I was driving slowly, drinking it in when... The road suddenly ended in a detour in front of the barrier. He was standing. Now let me explain about his appearance before I go on. I repeat, there was nothing sinister about him. He was as drab as a mud fence, nor was his attitude menacing. He merely stood there, waiting, almost drooping a little, with a cheap overnight bag in his hand. He looked as though he'd been waiting there for hours. And he looked up. He hailed me. He started to walk forward. Hello? 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 No, not just now. Sorry. Going to California? No, not today. The other way. Going to New York. Sorry. After I got the car back on the road again, I felt like a fool. Yet the thought of... Picking him up, of having him sit beside me, was somehow unbearable. At the same time, I felt, more than ever, unspeakably alone. Hour after hour went by. Fields, the towns ticked off one by one. The light changed. I knew now that I was going to see him again. And though I dreaded the sight, I caught myself searching the side of the road, waiting for him to appear. Sandwiches and pop here, don't you? Yeah, we do in the daytime. But we're closed up now for the I night. know, and I was wondering if you could possibly have a cup of coffee, black coffee. Just. No, not this time Don't... of night, mister. My wife's a cook. She's a man. Don't shut the door, please. Listen, just a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> just a minute ago, there was a man standing here right beside the stand, a suspicious looking man. I, I don't mean to disturb it. You see, I was driving along when I just happened to look, and there he was. How was he doing? Well, nothing. You've been taking a nip. That's what you've been doing. Now, on your way before I call out your folks. I got into the car again and drove on slowly. I was getting to hate the car. If I could have found a place to stop, to rest a little. I was in the Ozark Mountains of Missouri now resort places there were closed, only an occasional log cabin, seemingly deserted. That's all that broke the monotony of the wild, wooded landscape. I had seen him at that roadside stand. I knew I'd see him again. Maybe at the next turn of the road. I knew that when I saw him next, I would run him down. next afternoon. I stopped a car at a sleepy little junction just across the border into Oklahoma to let a train pass by. 
time he appeared across the tracks, leaning against a telephone pole. Perfectly airless, dry day. The red clay of Oklahoma was baking under the southwestern sun. Yet there were spots of fresh rain on his shoulders. I couldn't stand that. Without thinking, blindly, I started the car across the tracks. He didn't look up at me. He was staring at the ground. I stepped on the gas hard, during the wheel sharply toward him. I could hear the train in the distance now, but I didn't care. And something went wrong with the car. The train was coming closer. I could hear its bell ringing and the cry of its whistle. Still, he stood there. And now I knew that he was beckoning. Beckoning me to my death. Frustrated him that time. The starter worked at last. I managed to back up. When the train passed, he was gone. I was all alone in the hot, dry afternoon. After that, I knew I had to do something. I didn't know who this man was or what he wanted of me. I only knew that from now on, I mustn't let myself alone on the road for one minute. Uh, hello there. Like a ride? Well, what do you think? How far are you going? Uh, where do you want to go? Amarillo, Texas. I'll drive you there. Gee! Uh, you mind if I take off my shoes? My dogs are killing me. Go right ahead. Oh. Gee, what a break this is. hitchhike much? Sure. Only it's tough sometimes in these great open spaces to get the break. Uh, I should think it would be, though. I'll bet you get a good pickup in a fast car. If you did, you could get places faster than, say, another person in another car, couldn't you? I don't get you. Well, take me, for instance. Suppose I'm, I'm driving across the country, say, at a nice steady clip about 45 miles an hour. Uh, couldn't couldn't a girl like you just standing beside the road waiting for Liz beat me to town or any town, provided she got picked up every time in a car doing from 65 to 70 miles an hour? I don't know. What difference does it make? Oh, no difference. It's just a crazy idea I had sitting here in the car. <laughs> Imagine spending your time in a swell car thinking of things like that. What would you do instead? What would I do? If I was a good-looking fellow like yourself, why, I just enjoy myself every minute of the time. I'd sit back and, and relax. But if I saw a good-looking girl along the side of the road... Hey, look out! Did you see it? See who? A man standing beside the barbed wire fence. Oh, I didn't see anybody. I, there wasn't nothing but a bunch of cows and, and a wire fence. No? What do you think you was doing? Trying to run into the barbed wire. There's a man there, I tell you. A thin gray man with an overnight bag in his hand. And I, I was trying to run him down. Run him down? You mean kill him? Say so you didn't see him back there? You sure? I didn't see a soul. As far as watch that's concerned. Watch for him the next time and keep watching. 
his eyes peeled on the road. He'll turn up again. Maybe any minute. There! Look there! How does this door work? I, I'm getting out of here. Did you see him that time? No, I didn't see him that time. And personally, mister, I don't expect never to see him. All I want to do is go on living. I don't see how I will very long driving with you. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't... I... I don't know what came over me, but please don't go. So if you'll excuse me... You can't go. Listen, how would you like to go to California? I'll drive you to California. Seeing pink elephants all the way? No, thanks. Uh-uh, thanks just the same. Listen, please, just, just one minute, please. You know what I think you need, big boy? Not a girlfriend. Just a good dose of sleep. Please. There, I got it now. Now you can't go, please. Come Get your back. hands off me. Do you hear me? Your hands off She ran from me. Though I were a monster. A few minutes later, I saw a passing truck pick her up. I knew then that I was utterly alone. It was in the heart of the great Texas prairies. There wasn't a car on the road after the truck went by. I tried to figure out what to do, how to get hold of myself. I could find a place to rest, or even if I could sleep right here in the car for a few hours along the side of the road. I was getting my winter overcoat out of the back seat to use as a blanket when I saw him coming toward me, emerging from the herd of moving steer. Hello! I should have spoken to him then. Fought it out then and there. For now, he began to be everywhere. Wherever I stopped, even for a moment, for gas, for oil, for a drink of pop, a cup of coffee, sandwich, he was there. I saw him standing outside the auto camp in Amarillo that night when I dared to slow down. He was sitting near the drinking fountain of a little camping spot just inside the border of New Mexico. He was waiting for me outside the Navajo Reservation where I stopped to check my tires. I saw him in Albuquerque when I bought 20 gallons of gas. I was... I was afraid to stop now. I began to drive faster and faster. I was... in... in lunar landscape now. The great arid Mesa country of New Mexico. I drove through it with the indifference of a fly crawling over the face of the moon. Now he didn't even wait for me to stop. Unless I drove at 85 miles an hour over those endless roads, he waited for me at every other mile. I'd see his figure, shadowless, flitting before me, still in the same attitude, over the cold, lifeless ground, flitting over dried-up rivers, over broken stones cast up by old glacial upheavals, flitting in that pure and cloudless air. I was beside myself when I finally reached Gallup, New Mexico this morning. There's an auto camp here. Cold, almost deserted this time of year. I went inside and asked if there was a telephone. I had the feeling that if only I could speak to someone familiar, someone I loved, I could pull myself together.
your call, please. Long distance. Long distance, certainly. This is long distance. I'd like, uh, <laughs> I'd like to put a, in a call to my home in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Ronald Adams. I'm a, the, the number is Beechwood 200828. Certainly. I will try to get it for you. Albuquerque. New York for Gallup. New York. Gallup, New Mexico, calling Beechwood 20828. I read somewhere that love could banish demons. It's the middle of the morning. I knew Mother would be home. I pictured her tall and white-haired in her crisp house dress, going about her tasks. Be enough, I thought, just to hear the even calmness of her voice. Will you please deposit $3.85 for the first three minutes? When you have deposited a dollar and a half, will you wait until I have collected the money? Deposit another dollar and a half. Will you please deposit the remaining eighty five cents? Ready with Brooklyn. Go ahead, please. Hello? hello. Mrs. Adams' residence. Hello. Hello, Mother. This is Mrs. Adams' residence. Who is it you wish to speak to, please? What? Oh, who is this? This is Mrs. Winnie. Mrs. Winnie? I, I don't know any Mrs. Winnie. Is this Beechwood 208828? Yes. Uh, where, where's my mother? Where's Mrs. Adams? Mrs. Adams is not at home. She's still in the hospital. The hospital? Yes. Who the... is this calling, please? Is it a member of the family? Well, what's she in the hospital for? She's been prostrated for five days. Nervous breakdown. But who is Nervous calling? breakdown? Well, my grandmother never was nervous. It's all taken place since the death of her oldest son, Ronald. Death of her... Death of her oldest son, Ronald? Hey, what's this? What number is this? This is Beechwood 20828. It's all been very sudden. He was killed just six days ago in an automobile accident on the Brooklyn Bridge. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. Your three minutes are up, sir. And so... So I'm sitting here in this deserted auto camp in... Gallup, New Mexico. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to get hold of myself. Otherwise, I... I'm going to go crazy. Outside, it's night. The vast, soulless night of New Mexico. A million stars are in the sky. Ahead of me stretch a thousand miles of empty mesa, mountains, prairies, desert. 
somewhere among them, he's waiting for me. Somewhere I shall know who he is and who I am. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. John Dietz was our guest director this evening. Tonight's radio drama was written by Lucille Fletcher. The original score was by Bernard Herrmann. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. I hope you enjoyed this latest Uncle Eric Presents episode. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Please check back often and make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you won't miss the new exciting episodes. In the meantime, scroll up or down to find other exciting episodes to listen to. Don't forget to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the program categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of the old classic crime and detective television show episodes you can watch as well. They're a hoot to watch. That's Uncle UncleEric.com. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>